Guys, I had a dream last night that uh, some friends peer pressured me to go on on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland after hours, and uh, somehow I flew off the ride and shit my pants, and uh, and then some 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 Disney. But I was fine from falling off the ride. But all these Disney executives were like, "Here, come here. We have to take care of you." And I was just trying to get to the bathroom because I shit my pants. <laughs> I gotta ask Avery, how were your sheets in the morning? Because. Um, they they were covered in like all kinds of lost idols. <laughs> Classic Avery switch up, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Weed Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 138. We have now done as many episodes as the number of points required for a Deller checkout in the game of darts, achieved, of course, by scoring a treble 20, a treble 18, and a double 12. Very, very impressive. One of the more difficult checkouts, yeah. Speaking of antiquated British competitions, this week we're talking about Excalibur. The 1981 movie about the Las Vegas hotel chain of the same name. <laughs> Famous for uh, being too long and somewhat shoddily acted. <laughs> and very bearded. It's the, well, yeah, those are the three things I remember about my time at the Excalibur Hotel. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored, of course, by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a free trial membership. You can get an audiobook of your choice for free and you support our show and you keep the book in the support of our show, even if you cancel before it charges you anything, that is the freest way for you to support us. Uh, the other way you can support us, you could also force us to cover and review a topic of your choice by going to readdashweep.com slash sponsor for a relatively small fee, but getting larger every time it sells out, because this is capitalism. Uh, we, you can pick any topic under the sun, and we will cover it up to a certain time limit. Uh, for example, this week, the episode has uh, been paid for by Nancy who says about it, it stars Nigel Terry as King Arthur, and all I thought about when I saw it was him playing Prince John in The Lion in Winter. Any of you guys familiar with The Lion in Winter? Sorry, Nancy. Did not yeah. see it. Maybe. Is that maybe... Oh, wait, hold on a second. Is that, like, the part of um, Narnia where, like, Aslan just sleeps for a while? Yeah, his hibernation. <laughs> the, yeah. Act 2, yeah. 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 Anyway, so... <laughs> so, she really wanted to read it because it reminds her of another movie we haven't seen, or watch it, and that's, uh... You know, that's a good enough reason for me. Thank you so much, Nancy. (laughs) Let me introduce you to today's panel. We have a very good one today. Of course, I'm your host. I'm at Alex Falcone on Twitter. I'm a comic from Portland, and my name is Alex Falcone. Here are some of my friends in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, I sleep in a metal bodice. <laughs> do you get it's super comfy? Do you get married in a in a metal suit? Yeah, yeah. Do you I go do swimming everything in a in river metal. in your metal suit? It's it's just really like one like it's just it's good for everything. Like there's no like, you can dress it up, you can dress it down. <laughs> get some PJs, man. I don't know. Try as soon as you as soon Met, as you discover metal casual Fridays, it's gonna change your life. <laughs> well, I take off the visor for Friday. <laughs> What if you wore a metal bald cap? 
<laughs> I have not seen that since Blackstone the Magician. <laughs> All right, and also join us today. He's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. For love or maybe lust, I'm going to ride across some fog, man. It's going to be epic level. <laughs> For some reason, fog is the downfall of all ancient civilizations. Fog and a little bit of mud, I think. <laughs> also, we have a very special guest today. You may remember him from episode number 114, where he was our New York expert. He's the author of the books, All My Friends Are Dead, I Feel Relatively Neutral About New York, and All My Friends Are Still Dead. So he's got sort of a dead theme going. Uh, which you can find out more about at nomorefriends.net, or you can follow him on Twitter at Avery Monson. In New York, it's Avery Monson. Hello, everybody. Just as a reminder, uh, any children conceived as a result of this podcast are mine. I own them. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree to that. I, yeah, I'm fine all right. with that. <laughs> Guys, will people listening to this have seen the movie already, or are they just going to think that I steal babies? <laughs> Uh, the latter. Odds are okay. the latter in the, okay. for this one. So like, we hey, hope the this latter. Is, this is this yeah. dude, Avery, who wrote some books, and also, uh, everybody <laughs> knows him as a child snatcher. <laughs> only, no, no, only deserved. You don't just steal them randomly. Only oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you get people to agree to it first. Things that you made possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's get into the show. Let's describe this movie, since you probably haven't seen it and you just think the worst of Avery. Let's give you the plot summary, uh, since this is a kind of old movie and it was big in ireland and you didn't see it uh chris yes please summarize this movie for us in the style of old and of course old has an e on it of course like old english yes which has a couple of e's yeah and english sweet malted flavor (laughs) that's true (laughs) all right so gentlemen Mm. it is the dark ages which means that knights with similar haircuts and similar beards are running around in similar-looking <laughs> armor, hacking at each other in the woods and near walls. Uther Pendragon is king of most of the land that is now England, and wields Excalibur, the sword of power. But the Duke of Cornwall and his armies are the last significant opposition to Uther's rule, and they fight... And then they make an alliance, but then at the alliance party afterwards, Uther sees Cornwall's interpretive dancing wife and has to bone that. So he goes back to war with Cornwall, and the wizard Merlin disguises Uther as Cornwall so he can get inside the castle and get to fucking. So Cornwall's daughter, Morgana, watches as Uther and her mom get down to it. So the baby born from this union is Arthur, so son of Uther, who Merlin, the wizard, takes away from Uther as the recompense for his help. So, smash cut to some years later. Arthur is a squire for Sir Kay and loses his boss's sword. Oh, snap. But good thing there's a sword in a stone that he can pull out, and oh shit, it's Excalibur, and now Arthur is king of everybody. Um, So, Arthur, along with Patrick Stewart and uh, some dude, uh, and also this French prick, Lancelot, unite the land and form Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table. And Arthur and Liam Neeson. Oh, and Liam Neeson's there. Yeah, exactly. Cannot forget and Liam Neeson, dude. I'm getting Never to forget. Liam Neeson. I'm getting to Liam Neeson. <laughs> all right. So, Arthur marries Guinevere. All is well. Camelot, times are good. Or are they? Because <laughs> I'm gonna turns go out know. that Gwen and Lance have a thing for each other, and Liam Neeson knows about it. Uh, all right. Liam Neeson sure. is fed up with this, and he insults Guinevere over dinner. And now there's a big fight. Lancelot's going to defend her honor. And at this duel, even though Lancelot was wounded beforehand in a dream or something, he kicks Liam Neeson's ass, just barely. Um, so everything is fine for now, right? Well, not really. <laughs> you keep leading us down so many dead ends. 
No, there's so many dead ends. It's crazy. Um, Morgana, right? The the girl who watched uh, Arthur's dad fuck her mom is now played by a sometimes topless Helen Mirren. And she's Arthur's sister, and she's learning magic from Merlin. And she tricks Arthur into fucking her and siring a son with her, which is just gross um so here's where i turned to my phone and started to play draw something for a while. <laughs> i played draw something too during this yeah exactly hey we should be draw something friends um so when i came back to arthur and amorge would kill each other at the end and percy throws excalibur back into the water from whence it came waiting for the once and future king now i feel like your summary was in in many ways like the movie in that it was an hour and 20 minutes too long <laughs> Okay, quick summary. <laughs> King Arthur, sword. Yeah, that, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta feel bad if you're the King Arthur actor, right, where you get second billing to sword. Yeah. I would say you have to add into that summary that uh, a boy dressed in golden armor punches his mom in the face for being too old. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah, critical that's plot moment, I think. Once Morgana gets tricked, she gets old. And, and then uh, he doesn't more- recognize her, and apparently his default behavior when someone is too old and he doesn't recognize them is to punch him in the you face. You just gotta punch any old woman you see. Like, if, if I don't recognize you, punch face. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. The little old lady from Pasadena. Time to do the compliment sandwich. We like to start and end every show with a compliment. This is what makes us fair and legitimate criticism. So... Avery, as our guest today, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I th- something that I liked about this, wh- I, I didn't know anything about it when, when I turned it on at first. And then I realized that it, it was going to be what I thought, which was sort of the stone. Uh, mm-hmm. And I respect that they didn't include that scene in the animated sort of the stone <laughs> where... Uh, Merlin and Arthur turn into squirrels, and then those she squirrels try to sleep with them, and then they break the she squirrels' hearts. Yeah, because they're just a couple of rogues. I haven't seen the Sword in the Stone, I don't think, but now I'm in. I'm interested in watching it. It's uh, a pretty interesting scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think? I think they would have probably changed back in the squirrels at some point, and just you know, hooked up a little bit with the squirrels, because like that's the if you're both the movie. squirrels, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Squirrel fucking sword in the stone too. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I'm glad that they didn't include that because that made me feel feel weird feelings in my body, <laughs> especially in the squirrely parts of my body. Sure, the squirreliest. All right. Uh, so let's go on. Uh, I'm going to be second today. My major compliment is uh, is this moment where, I, like, there's a lot of things that I know are going to happen in this basic plot just from cultural knowledge. But I'm surprised in how they happened. So I knew eventually there would be a table and it would be round in shape. But yes. after their victory, they're standing around in a circle in the woods. And Arthur says, we will meet like this in the future. We will have a round table. And we will have it in a, we'll put a big dining room around it. And then around that dining room, we'll put a big castle. And uh, Huzzah! my compliment is for table first architecture. Yeah. <laughs> I like that method of designing a castle. You start with the shape of your table and then work out. I like building around faucets. <laughs> I mean, that would make very small bathrooms, I'm guessing. No, I mean, I'm going to build a bathroom around that faucet. I'm going to build a house around that ba- bathroom. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be one hell of a faucet, my the friend. The centerpiece of, my, bath- of my, my, my whole house 
is this yes. one bathroom faucet. Yeah, but don't touch it. It's structural. <laughs> load-bearing it's a faucet. load-bearing faucet. <laughs> All right. Chris, of yes. the load-bearing faucet, what is your major compliment? My major compliment is Patrick Stewart being a badass. Mm. Um, so Patrick Stewart shows up for only a little bit of this movie. But when Arthur first pulls the sword out of the stone, all the other knights are like, what this fucking kid? And then Patrick Stewart's like, no, guys, he's pretty awesome. And then all the other knights start attacking Patrick Stewart's castle because they think he's a, a big wimp. And Patrick Stewart kills like 20 guys in that battle and is still around and uh, is, is pretty much badass. And I don't know. I'll watch Patrick Stewart in most movies. You also got to feel like when Patrick Stewart stands up for you, you're have you're living a good life. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, really all you all I need in life is when I'm trying something, I just need Patrick Stewart to show up and say, "That'll do, pig. That'll do." <laughs> That's James Cromwell. They look the same. I guess they do. <laughs> what? As we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> I sometimes have trouble telling Irish people apart. Irish? Was it weird when you just saw one person fighting himself over and over again? <laughs> well, and then there was that dream where he was literally fighting himself, and I was like, this is what I've been saying all the time, you guys. This is what this movie is about. <laughs> How is this dream different? <laughs> guys, to be honest, I didn't know that that part was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the part where he got naked and stabbed himself? Oh, yeah. Well, well he, so Lance he did actually stab woods. himself, right? Yeah, Lancelot's in the woods, and he's taking a naked nap, as Lancelot is, is wont to do. When you only own one suit, and it's made out of of iron, you really got a naked nap. Yeah, no, it's true, because that stuff's heavy and chafy. But, mm-hmm. um, well, it's true. And, no, but and then, it suggests it, but that he, you don't wear anything under it. And you don't. <laughs> but, um, that would be the worst, like, flashing ever, where someone's like, oh, I'm going to flash you. Ching, 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 As he take and then breastplate off, and he's like, no, wait, 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 hold on a second. Pants. Ching, 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 And eventually you're like, oh my god, junk. You guys, in case anyone was wondering, this is the part of the podcast where babies are getting conceived. I'm a little turned on. Yeah, this podcast just got super amorous. Speaking of which, there's that moment where he gets, like, when he decides he wants to marry other guy's wife, where he's wearing his suit of armor, and he sees her, and he's like, I have to screw her right away. Oh, can I go? How? This is my compliment. Oh, it is? Go for it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I guess this is one for restraint also, because they didn't go for the obvious boner joke of, like, when the dude in the armor had erection, and went, clunk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, good job for classing it up, Excalibur. I yeah. was actually just thinking about that, that it would be really uncomfortable to get a boner in a suit of armor wouldn't it <laughs> i mean sure but but here's the thing he still had sex in the suit of armor also like yeah. right afterwards he was still it's wearing true. the armor that was super and confusing <laughs> <laughs> because what does that mean that uh and this may be a little bit crude but does that mean that uh those suits of armor have penis holes and if they, so they have that seems like a a very important uh that's a big point of weakness in an armor suit you know <laughs> removable junk covers yeah, that's the chink in your armor right there the, the hole near your penis yeah you know no nowhere during any of these fights did someone try to stab someone else in the penis but maybe they should have <laughs> yeah there's no play mail over that it's all gusseted for mobility 
<laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Maybe it's sort of like you can do it, yeah, but like they'll deduct you a point, you know. So if if the oh, if the sure. match keeps on going on, like you won't win the decision, maybe or something like that, you know. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you, can, you might win by penis knockout, but but not <laughs> not with honor. Keep going after somebody stabs someone in the penis. <laughs> That's the end of They're the tougher day. back then. <laughs> You're like, well, you you lose a point, but I quit. <laughs> yeah. After that, everyone just turns and walks in different directions. Yeah. No one speaks to each other ever again. The spectators are just super awkward and they're wandering away like, ah, oh, shaking their heads. <laughs> but there's mutually assured penis stabbing, though, because, like, if you go penis, then the other person will definitely go penis on you if they can stand still. I think, no, I think there's a first penis stabber's advantage. <laughs> yeah, because then the second guy's edge. been stabbed in the penis. <laughs> <laughs> Your aim will be off, I'll give you that. After that. I think maybe his aim's going to be a little off. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, that is the uh, as the compliments. Let's get into our hate game now. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Good. That's the good hate noise. So uh, <laughs> today we're gonna play the game of Seven Min Hates in Heaven. Oh, nice. So we're just gonna go. This is uh, one of Chris Frames's names. We're gonna go off into a closet randomly as couples, and we're gonna make hate with each other. Only for seven minutes, though, right? Up to seven minutes, and that is where baby's conceived for Avery. <laughs> Very cool. More for Avery. So in any order, what's something that you didn't like about the movie? Um, I got a hate on uh, Gabriel Byrne as Uther Pendragon for uh, not thinking it through. Uh, Merlin <laughs> says, "You can uh, all right when you ride across the fog, your lust will hold you up. Will hold you up. How will he get back? <laughs> when, when his lust is yeah. When his deflated. lust is yeah is flaccid. Uh, yeah. Right. That's a great question." I mean, there's not like a, oh, and you can take like the, uh, the express, uh, you know, exhaustion bus back. Like there's not, there is, there's not that option for the dragon fog. <laughs> also, uh, anytime you're being carried somewhere by your lust might be a good idea to rethink it. Cause you're going to end the night either with a child you can't handle, no money in your pockets, someone's going to stab you. I mean, it's dangerous. <laughs> your, your, your suit of armor will be wet. Yeah. <laughs> right which would be terrible like when he he did because he jumps in the river at one point with his full chain mail and armor on that shit's gonna rust closed after that Ooh. do not yeah. get wet in armor just armor 101 yeah guys in addition to not being able to really tell the characters apart i discovered something about myself which is just that uh when when people are speaking in british accents i just tune out after about five minutes <laughs> And I, really? I realized this a- after listening to, like, BBC Radio, you know what I mean? Where it's it's just all like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Like they all talk the same, and I just stopped listening. You really yeah, it's like, like it first, fancy peanuts. Then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> something, 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 trouble in Africa, something, something. The coastal shipping report. Excalibur. <laughs> yep. All right, this is a hate for the creepiest moment of the movie, which is when he, uh, after his lust, carries him through the fog, and King Lufa gets to the girl he wants to be with, and uh, uh, Martin Uther King. (laughs) I so for a while I thought it was King Arthur, and everyone just talked with a vague British lisp. So I thought they were just like Arthur. Oh, it could be a King Arthur. It turns out he's a separate guy named King Lufa. Anyway, so Luva grabs her, he kisses her once, pulls her top off, starts sucking her boob, which is crazy in a movie, but it's Irish, whatever. And then, but 
child is right there, <laughs> like 12 feet away, watching him suck on mom's boob. And that is super creepy. Yep. Can, well, I, can I add a layer of creepiness to this? Yes. That actress was the director's daughter. No. <laughs> Wait, is that true? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, uh, at, at least the parent knew what the kid was getting into. <laughs> right? And at least he went in. I wasn't just don't like know how you direct that scene. <laughs> That's so creepy. I was like, it's all right, it's all right. The other actor will keep his armor on, so that's why it's okay. Like, there I don't I don't know how the pitch that was. <laughs> all right, other other hates or other things that displease you? I've got a medieval got science Three minutes hate. left. Okay, great. Um, so there's this one point when things aren't going so well in Camelot, and Arthur's just standing there, and he gets struck by lightning when he's indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a hate. Always, you know, ground yourself a little bit. You're wearing armor. Clearly, you're going to be riding <laughs> on horseback. Like, how did they not think of this sooner? That maybe you should be grounded a little bit. Just a little strip of metal brushing the floor. It's good enough. What about a rubber wetsuit under it? Would that work? Yeah, it would, but then you'd just be all chafe. sticky. Yeah, well, you're going to be uncomfortable anyway. It, you're, it's in armor. Yeah, would you rather be uncomfortable or dead from a lance? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what if you were to wear a rubber wetsuit that, like, wicked away moisture? <laughs> you mean like a non-conductive Under Armour? Yes, exactly. That probably doesn't breathe, though. I think there's still some issues. <laughs> I mean, not the least of which is they hadn't invented it yet in the Dark Ages. Yes, that's the main one. <laughs> their chain mail really didn't wick away moisture yet. They didn't have that kind of... Yeah, these guys were still throwing their shit out into the streets at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like monkeys. Like common monkeys. <laughs> With streets, those man, all those monkey highways that would have and cul-de-sacs. The movie for me, if one of the knights of the round table was a monkey, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell the difference if he spoke the Sir Grape Ape. <laughs> I've got a hate for not knowing your jurisdiction. Uh, the Lady of the Lake appears in rivers, and then later in a small pool. Hello, Lady of the Lake. <laughs> Stay out of my river. That is not your jurisdiction. The Duke of Puddle is going to be furious. <laughs> there totally is like probably some like you know like dude of the um, yeah of the stream who's like man all these lady of the lakes coming over taking my jobs. <laughs> they think they're so cool because they live in lakes. Well, we here in the non-stagnant world, <laughs> we need more border control. Is what we need. In in your in your load-bearing faucet, Chris, will you will you have perhaps a Duchess of Faucet? Oh, indeed. All moving water needs some sort of regent. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I taught the weeping willow how to cry. And I showed the clouds how to cover up a clear blue sky. And the tears that I cried for that woman are going to flood you, big river. And I'm going to sit right here until I die. This advert was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, on location in Ireland. <sighs> Guys, it took me all night, but I finally finished my epic ad, Exaudible. Hey guys, I uh, pulled this sword out of a stone. Avery, no! That sword cuts through the plot like butter. It's it's too powerful for any human to wield. Well, so we cut off a little plot here and there. Look how cool it is when I swing it. Thank you for saving my village, brave knights. Ah, damn it, we're already at the old crone. Avery, please don't use that sword again. Brave knight Avery, please marry my daughter. I will love you only. Let me just put down my sword for a second. 
I've just cheated on you, and I'm pregnant. Okay, that's it, sword. You go back into the... Come on. Here's my son. When he's old enough, he will destroy you. Oh no, he grabbed the sword! I've come to destroy you. I didn't even touch the sword that time. Prepare to die. Where are we? Uh, you cut past the end of the script. Sorry, dude. And my subplot about me finding the Holy Grail at audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Cut. How do we get out of here? I think we just have to wait it out. Uh, at least we have this free audiobook from audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. The Once and Future King by T.H. White. Boring. The end. Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. That bear sure loved his picnic baskets. Am I right? Oh, the yogi got, section got cut? Well, that's just peachy. Hey, those flashlights come from So, uh, for our anchor segment today, uh, I want to play the game of Yours is Not a Very Good System of Government. Uh, this is a this is a weird world where anybody who... Well, it's mostly based on sword pulling is the way they elect leaders. Mm-hmm. Really has a lot to do with rocks and swords. And, uh, and, then, and then armies are built by... Pledge it, like getting people at knife point to pledge allegiance to you instead of somebody else. It's a it's a tough world, you know, to make a, a functioning government. So, uh, what are some other ways that you can tell that perhaps your system of government is not a very good one? Okay, so wars are ended really poorly in this movie. Um, so when Arthur and Mordred want to end the war between them, Mordred goes, "Let's embrace." And then they just, like, stab each other at the same time in some weird kind of oogie double penetration thing. Yeah. It's not really a treaty, but... <laughs> so much as a suicide pact? Yeah, it's a suicide pact. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That's a, that is a tough way to achieve peace. Yeah. I, I mean, when your entire <laughs> system is based around war and winning, nobody wins here. What was the fucking point? Yeah, we lose more kings that way. <laughs> Uh, other 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 ways to notice that yours is not a very good government. So the way kings operate in this is weird. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole revelation that Percy has in order to get the Grail is that the king and the land are one, which is kind of weird because that means that farmers, when they're plowing, are scratching up the king's arms. <laughs> I don't even want to know where miners are drilling. But when- <laughs> yeah, you know, forest fires are the king's STIs that just flare up every once in a while. Like this is not. Great. You don't want to pin everything in your land to one guy. Yeah, plus plus Morgana, in addition to being like incestuous, is also a land fucker. <laughs> That's right. Which is weird. <laughs> She's a soil topper, as they call them. Oh my god, whenever he undresses, he strip mines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so wait, we probably do have like some person. I'm not saying it's the present or whatever, but we have some person who is also the land in America. Like it's just some guy, probably. Or some <laughs> woman, you know? Uh, Oprah? Yeah, it might be Oprah. Oprah is the land, I think. <laughs> the land is Oprah. And you get a mountain! And you get a mountain! <laughs> and you get a mountain! There it is. <laughs> Look under your chair, you'll find an archipelago. <laughs> I would take one of those. Yeah, they I seem fun. Yeah, they do. Alright, yours is not a very good system if your land's ability to produce food and keep people alive is based entirely on who owns the wine cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even a good wine cup. It has holes in it. Yeah, it's not great. 
Yeah, and there was blood in there before. Like, it's a I don't care what you say. Grail yeah, with holes. You cannot wash out Jesus' blood. Like, that's gonna that's gonna not never taste good. You know. <laughs> well, you know, Catholics like it. It's yeah. I guess it could go with all the crackers. <laughs> I think I think you're discriminating. You're clearly you're in favor of the Protestants winning this whole business. <laughs> Uh, yours, yours may not be a good system of government if you have uh, magicians trapped inside crystals underneath your Capitol building. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, wait, are you talking about America or are you talking about England? <laughs> I think we still do that, right? That's the the. Uh... Oh yeah, David Blaine is is trapped inside an ice crystal <laughs> yeah. in Washington D.C. <laughs> That's what it was. Merlin is just he's just a, a cheesy street magician, and this whole thing was the. The world's longest trapped inside a crystal under a castle demonstration. <laughs> Actually, we kind of did see that also in X Men, X Men Two. Yeah, Magneto kind of trapped inside that whole uh, you mm. know plastic uh, prison. Pretty much the same thing. We also uh, we also saw with R Kelly who was trapped inside an ice closet. <laughs> I mean, I think like some there's some gums that have like flavor trapped inside ice crystals. So that's pretty oh, much they the same. do. Yeah. Those gums are mostly novelty value, but I still enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, flavor is just another word for magician. Every time you you bite into it, you're like, there's a little tiny Merlins exploding all over my mouth. Yeah, and the wrapper <laughs> is, you know, Flavor Flav is magician magician. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't wow. have gotten any laugh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like everything that's stupid. I got the magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Everybody knows I got the magic in me. <laughs> All right, uh, so that brings us to the second half of our compliment sandwich. This is the last nice thing you ever have to say about Excalibur. <sighs> uh, so we're gonna go in reverse order, which means Ezra's first. What's your major or your minor compliment? So at one point, Merlin woke up the dragon. Um, and I was just the thinking, dragon, which is like the force. It's not an actual dragon. We get no dragon in this movie. Yeah, I didn't know that at that time. The dragon now. mostly just causes fog. So <laughs> I was thinking in my head, maybe it was more like the the water cycle because <laughs> they didn't have science back then. So they were like, if you wake the dragon, the lakes will evaporate and later pour down on us. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's like, and there's like. And there is a small hamster in charge of, um, you know, photosynthesis. <laughs> um, but but I was actually thinking, uh, you know, I thought it was actual dragon at this point. And I was thinking, like, like all right, if the dragon just woken up, what would the dragon like to eat? And I was just, like, you know, kind of got on this tangent about dragon snacks, which I think would be pretty great. I think it's, like, you know, kind of hearty, like, oat cakes is what I'm uh, guessing. I was thinking of, like, a puffed rice version of children's bones. <laughs> oh man, that's great! Like like pirate booty made out of actual pirates. Yes. <laughs> no, like like pop chips, but with like you know bone chips. So it's like you know never baked, never fried. Just add a little bit of pressure and pow. You know, I actually I think a dragon might want something fried. I don't know. You think they deserve it? There's a lot of you know he's got a lot of body to support. You know, he, yeah, he deserves the calories. Yeah, or yeah. like uh, flame broiled crone livers. <laughs> Crone livers are the meatiest livers, actually. Our, our crone livers are frame, flame broiled every time. <laughs> and made to order. <laughs> First you take the jumbo jack, then you add chrome livers. What do you get? <laughs> jumbo crone. crone livers, jumbo special crone. sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. <laughs> All right, uh, going backwards. Ezra, my, or Chris, minor compliment. 
Minor compliment. Uh, so even though it was the early 80s, and even though Helen Mirren's character was hella creepy, Chick has got some nice shoulders. Helen creepy. <laughs> what? What? Oh, I, I'm just saying Helen Mirren looks good in this movie. I know. You just said Helen Mirren was hella creepy, and I said Helen, oh, Helen creepy. creepy. Oh, Helen nice. creepy. That's right. Yeah, but she's got some nice shoulders. She's showing off like uh, some nice like halter dress stuff. Uh, she clearly <laughs> had the best fashion of anybody in this movie. So, With, of course, the notable exception of the horses that were wearing gold-plated head armor. Oh, well, that's true. Because those horses looked fine. Would you say they were clothes horses? Oh, yes. <laughs> With their clothing hooves. Oh, weird. <laughs> Although horses don't have clothing hooves. No, they clothen, not cloven. Oh. They have clothes on their Well, that's it for me, so guys. Like, I gotta go. Like ankle- that is enough. <laughs> they have, like, ankle warmers on is what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. How come the guests always try to leave when I make dumb jokes? Uh, I, I mean, I think the question answers itself. <laughs> <laughs> why, I guess the better question is, why do we get, get guests on that don't like me? <laughs> hey, no, I, I like you guys. Hey, do you guys want to hang out after this? Yeah. Oh, a pity hangout. <laughs> I'm still good with that, actually. I think he meant everybody but me. <laughs> Avery, I'm still on the call. I can still hear you. Uh, this turns south right, so uh, quickly, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody was All having right. a good time. <laughs> All right, it's time for my minor compliment, then. Uh, this is sort of a, a no-retreat, no-surrender for me, you know, where there's like a minor character who looks more interesting than the rest of the movie. There's this great scene where they're just showing the castle for the first time that he creates that was built around the round table. And it's like all of these cool things going on. There's like giant beakers full of green liquid that's bubbling, apparently. And then, you know, just food everywhere. And there's this wandering, like, magician, magician, like modern, like Lance Burton magician. Nobody can see him. He's not performing for anybody. He's just wandering the hall, and he has a little bit of flame in his hand, and then it turns into a dove. And I love the idea of a lonely magician who just does tricks for himself. <laughs> he's not trying to entertain anybody. He's just he's a wandering magician because he's lost, and he just goes illusions, Alex. <laughs> Sorry, illusions. <laughs> dove to flame, back to dove. Dove, you're my only friend. <laughs> oh no! Now you're gone. And you're back. <laughs> Everyone's like, God damn it, stop making so many birds in our house. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I'm I'm cold now and it's covered with pigeon shit. <laughs> Give me my fire back. <laughs> Animals stay outside, magician. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he has no friends. <laughs> exactly. All of his roommates hate him. It's so sad. Alright, uh, Avery. Uh I I liked I liked the part when uh when Arthur first pulled the sword out of the stone and then all of a sudden Merlin was there out of nowhere and like maybe they can explain that away by saying that Merlin like sensed it and teleported himself but I I prefer to think that Merlin has just been crouching behind that rock for like 18 years <laughs> and everyone's like oh, anytime God. now <laughs> Yeah, Wait Merlin is not it. a very powerful man. He's just really creepy yeah. and good at being quiet. Yeah, there's just some <laughs> just got a lot of time on his hat, just hanging out behind that rock for years. <laughs> Every one of his tricks can be explained away by that. Like he just happened to have gotten an accurate weather report, so he was like, "I will make fog during this battle." <laughs> hey, it's a dragon, of course. <laughs> I'll make you appear to be her husband by. Getting her totally drunk beforehand. <laughs> okay, but how did the lust carry him across the fog? 
Well, he's just got a huge junk. <laughs> yeah, your boner will be like a stilt. <laughs> uh, your pogo stick across the fog. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that one's. You see, stick out question the, answers itself. The penis hole in your armor. <laughs> yeah, uh, ask a stupid question, I guess. And you hope no one stabs him in the penis. <laughs> I like to start and end every show with the penis sandwich. That's what we do. (laughs) I don't know if you realize that it really is actually what we do. That is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again next week. If you have any feedback for us, of course, uh, the best place to go is facebook.com slash readitweave. Or send us some email. We'd love to have more uh, more listener mail. Go to readitweave.com slash contact. Send us a message there. And also, while you're poking around on Facebook.com slash Read It and Weep this week. All right, so as uh, as you guys know, Avery has recently released All My Friends Are Still Dead, the sequel to his uh, best-selling book, All My Friends Are Dead. He's also covered everything there is to cover about New York. So if you have an idea for what Avery should write a book about next, go to facebook.com slash readandweep, send us a message, post there, tell us what you think uh, he should write about. Remembering, of course, that most good books come in three threes. So there might be another dead book lying around somewhere. <laughs> this, to finish the All trilogy. my friends are zombies? <sighs> it's pretty solid. I made some new friends and then they also died. <laughs> <laughs> But it's the last one, so everybody has to die at the end. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, Perfect or, for you. Or it's just about Caesar, and it's like, all my friends killed me. It's <laughs> good. Very specific. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a one-page book. Kind of a niche work, yeah. but I like it. Anyway, anyway, so send us that if you have uh, any thoughts on that. And, of course, uh, if you haven't yet, go buy, Ezra, go buy Avery's book, because it's terrific. Uh, any one of them. Yeah. Buy Ezra's book, too, uh, if you want. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. stop it. <laughs> Is, is NoMoreFriends.net the best place for someone to buy a copy of, of one of your uh, books so that you get the biggest percentage yeah, of it? Yeah, on NoMoreFriends.net, you can see uh, a preview of both of the books, and then at the end, it'll it'll click through to uh, either my website, where you can buy a signed copy, or Amazon.com. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So go do that. Check it out right now, and uh, follow me here on Twitter, at Avery Munson. That's it. We, uh, thanks for joining us, Avery. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks it. for having me, guys. Awesome. And thanks as always, Chris and Ez. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I will talk to you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. If you want to be with me, that's right.